A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is Bitch Slap. I'm Rachel Fisher. I'm Desi Janikin. And this is season one Melrose Place, episode four, 13? <laughs> 13. 13. What, what's this called? Dreams know. Come True. Dreams Come True. Which is a weird episode title considering what happens. <laughs> yeah, I agree. This is a pretty devastating episode. But there's also, I guess they're referring to Sandy's storyline. Yeah, but still. (laughs) But that's such a throwaway storyline. Absolutely. Let's get started because we have a lot to get into. It's morning at Keith's beach house and Allison and Keith are making out on the bed. And Keith has maybe an even uglier bedspread than Jane and Michael. It's hideous. I wrote that down too. (laughs) It's so bad. It is awful. Yeah. Can I just say, I don't see what Allison sees in Keith at all. Like, just his personality is very dull to me. He's duller than Allison. Like, I am I actually think Allison seems more full of life <laughs> and funner than Keith does. Like, Keith is just a bummer to me. Yeah. Uh, and look, we've all been here before where you get into this, like, hot and heavy new relationship where everything's going a little too fast. The next thing you know, you've spent every single night out of the week at their house. Right. And you're just waiting for like either yourself or the other person to be like, we need to pump the brakes on this. Yeah. I mean, this is moving very fast. It's very hot and heavy. Like, and Allison is being really irresponsible for the first time in her life, probably. Like, Ever. Yeah. So she is finally is like, okay, Keith, I seriously, I have to go to work. They're like really mad at me over at D&D. Yeah. She's ruining her career. And she tells him to go save a porpoise. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote that down too. Um, so she's like, I should also probably go back to my apartment Ugh. at some point. Yeah. And Keith is like, well, I'd like to meet your friends. Which I was kind of shocked of because he has met some of the friends, I thought. He met Jane when he met Allison. And then you're right. Didn't Didn't they meet at Shooters? Yeah. Yeah, they did. And then everyone kind of left. But it's not exactly that he's a, a hidden secret or something like that. Like, I feel like everyone knows about Keith and I feel like he has met a few of them, probably Billy too. It was the shooters thing and the shooters night did not go well. And Allison left in a huff, if I recall. Right. So, you know, Allison of course is like, 
I'm not ashamed of you. Like, let's meet at Shooters again. Let's try that. <laughs> let's try that one out again. Yeah. So, yeah, she's like, okay, Keith, come to Shooters tonight. Um, at the apartment, meanwhile, Billy is eating cereal out of a very, like, weird-looking bowl. I did not catch that. It's like a teal, clear glass bowl that looks like a cone. Oh. It's very artsy. Yeah. Like they got it at like a local art fair. Well, if it's teal, then they had to get it because it goes with the decor. (laughs) Dude. Teal um, is a key color. It's a key color in that apartment. So she's immediately yelling at Billy about how she's happier than she's ever been in her entire life. She sounds very convincing, Desi. She means it. And Billy's not having it. Billy has been skeptical of this relationship since day one, but now he's even more skeptical of it. He tells her love is blind and stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Billy's like, I've been through a lot of relationships in the first 14 episodes. Yeah. I know what I'm talking about. That night at Shooters, we see Sandy serving drinks to a very crunchy looking guy who tells her he's the casting director for the soap opera Forever and Tomorrow. And she's like, yeah, sure. (laughs) And he's like, I've been watching you. And she's like, dream on. Yeah, she's not falling for it. He even tells her, this is the show that got Kim Santamore her start. (laughs) We're all supposed to know who that is. Right. It's It's dropped several times. Her name is dropped so many times in this episode. Allison is playing pool with the girls. And Rhonda is asking Allison if Keith wears boxers or bikinis. What are are bikinis different than briefs? I think that's supposed to be like tidy whities. Okay, because it sounds like worse. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? It sounds like something like thongy or like high cut on the hips or something. Bikini is only a descriptor I've seen describing women's underwear. Yeah. I think it's called briefs, right? That's the question they asked Clinton in that like MTV debate or something. That was like a question everybody got asked in the 90s, boxers or briefs. Yeah, but I think it started with that debate. Is that so? Yeah, because MTV had like the presidential candidates, so they asked questions like that, and then it became like a thing. Right. So I think that, uh, yeah, bikinis, I was like, bikinis? Because Allison's like, Keith wears bikinis. (laughs) It just sounds weird. I don't know why. Like, I've just never heard men's underwear referred to as bikinis, but anyway. Yeah, and like there are men's underwear that is in that style, but I've just never heard it referred to as such. Right. Uh, Also, I did not peg Keith as a bikini guy. Oh, I thought it would have been boxers for sure. Like out of, like he gets a 12 pack. Or he wears the tidy whities that are kind of like shorts. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So uh, Jane is there too. Jane and Allison... Um, oh, Matt is there very briefly. He has a dinner date, so he has to leave. Yeah. That'll come back later. At first I was like, "Ugh, is this going to be the only Matt storyline? No. No, it was not. No. So Jane and Rhonda learn at this point that Keith is married. Okay. Why on earth would Allison drop that right now before they meet the rest of them meet Keith? I just feel like you save that for a different moment, maybe. Because yeah, yeah. he's coming there to meet like a lot of them for the first time or to really hang out with them as her boyfriend or whatever. And she drops that right before he shows up. It's crazy to me. Like, like if she really wanted 
them to have a good impression of Keith, they should have, she should have like gotten to them to know him first and see them together. And then so they could like, quote unquote, understand or be more understanding that he's married and sort of give him more of a benefit of the doubt. I don't even find that to be deceptive. I just feel like you wouldn't drop it the first time they meet. No, it's not. It's it's not that it's deceptive on Allison's part. It's just, it was just an odd choice. Totally. But, like, but clearly this is something she's like wrestling with. And I think she's doing that thing where she's like looking for Jane and or Rhonda to get to excuse her. Yes. And they're immediately like, and she's like, it's not like he has cancer. I was like, well, they certainly wouldn't care. <laughs> like, what? I was like, that's, that's shocking information to get from your girlfriend that the guy she's in love with is married. I think we all would have that reaction. Like, absolutely, what? really? We know all of us know how that goes 95% of the time. Like, it's not a good thing. Like, unless he was actually se- legally separated. Right, but she doesn't frame it that way. No, she's like, he's married. And the reality is Keith is not legally separated. He's not even unlegally separated. Keith is in the very early stages of them contemplating divorce, which is a period where they can still possibly work it out or get through the hump, get over the hump, like whatever. And of course, Jane is like outraged by this. Oh, yeah. Because Jane's very trad. And she's like very into being a wife. And as a wife, she knows Michael <laughs> could stray at any moment. <laughs> um, so Allison, after Keith shows up. So Keith, poor, I mean, I actually felt bad. Keith has to show up and everyone fucking hates him, basically. Yeah, right after this information, he shows up and Jane is gone at this point and he meets Rhonda briefly. And then Allison's like, let's get out of here. Yeah. And then Jane says to Rhonda... He is going to break Allison's heart. Mm. Next, we see Matt leaving the Casbah restaurant with his date. Now, I spent around 45 minutes yesterday researching this restaurant. Is it real? Okay. It was more, it seemed to me, according to the stuff I found out, that it was more of like a lounge slash club. Okay. They did have food there because it said restaurant. Was it a West Hollywood, like a gay bar or lounge? No. Or, okay. It was a. It was actually in the show. They say they're on Santa Monica Boulevard, but in reality, this was in K Town. This place. Oh, okay. I found old newspaper articles from LA Weekly, circa '92, and it they weren't even articles about the restaurant. It was more just like Friday night at Casbah Club, Casbah Reggae Night. Oh, uh, World Beat. Also, it's spelled C A Z B A. Yeah, it's not spelled correctly. <laughs> so, but it's I, one of those, and it had a lot of neon. It was a lot of neon. It had like almost fifties diner amount of neon. It was like it was Fremont Street, pink and blue, right? Or it was teal. Pink, it was like purple and teal neon. Yeah. Anyway, I was just my eye was drawn to it, so I paused the episode and then spent forty five minutes like trying to find out about this place. Yeah. So Matt's leaving his date. They part ways and Matt starts walking off by himself when we see a group of guys come up from behind Matt and start shouting slurs at him. Now, weren't you like, isn't the date still pretty much right there? Because this happens seconds after they part and no, the guy is nowhere around to be like, hey, like lay off or whatever. And he's in a pretty well-lit area considering he had just left this huge neon establishment. 
And these guys are literally hanging out by the front door of the Cosba. Yeah. Like they're just loitering there for no apparent reason. Like no one on the street yeah. was like man enough to be like, hey, cut it out. And this all happens right there. Like not even that far away from the Cosba. Yeah. So they start shouting slurs at Matt. He tries to run away. They start beating him up. He does get a good punch in, but they kick the shit out of him. Yeah. And it's pretty awful. Back at the complex, we get an incredible scene of Jane and Michael in bed. This is such foreshadowing. (laughs) It was, it gave me chills to watch this scene. Yeah. And Jane is like, stewing in bed. Michael's just trying to sleep, but she's still stewing over Allison sleeping with a married man. And she's like, sweetie, can you believe Allison's having an affair with a married man? And Michael, who's half asleep, goes, probably happens all the time. It's only human. (laughs) And of course, Jane is like, Michael. Yeah. She's horrified that her husband would talk like this. And he's like, yeah, two thirds of... Two-thirds of men, statistically, (laughs) two-thirds of men fuck around on their wives. No stopping it, babe. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what are you going to do? He's like, that's reality. That's reality. It could happen to you. I'm just saying. It could happen to you, Jane. (laughs) We don't know. So then Jane is like, they ask each other if they've ever noticed somebody else attractive. And of course, they both lie and say no. But then we see the wheels start turning in Michael's head as he's sort of just staring up at the ceiling. Like he can't get back to bed. He's thinking about all those people he thought was attractive. <laughs> <laughs> Which we know. Yeah. We know Michael Mancini checks out asses on the street all day. He does it all the time. Yeah. Allison and Keith go back to his house and Allison is still like trying to be a good girl. She's like, Keith, I really got to get go work. Wait, can I just bring up one more thing? Yes. Because Jane does admit to finding men attractive and Michael gets jealous. Right. Which I found outrageous because remember Jane, so far on the show, Jane is the only one we've seen almost cheat. Yes. (laughs) Because that was a big episode. Yes. Uh, Which is hilarious that she's so upset right now because it's like she's really the only one who's done anything uh, sort of out of bounds in the marriage. She lost her wedding ring. Yeah, and she she liked hitting on this guy and pretending she wasn't married. She took off Nona Mancini's wedding ring. But Michael is the classic guy who would cheat, but then is very jealous if the woman does anything. Of course. <laughs> of course he is. So anyway, Allison and Keith go back to the beach house, and Allison's like, Keith, I got I got work at my apartment, and I've been here every night. And she's like, I promise I'll come over tomorrow night. This is a bad situation. Why doesn't she just fucking bring her work? Because it's like, how far are you well, from your apartment? They're far. They're in Malibu. But then why is she always going over there, like just driving over sometimes like as if it's nothing? Do you know what I'm saying? Like if I knew I was going to be somewhere, I'd get my fucking work. Right. Uh, and if it's, yeah, it's crazy. This is insane to me that she spent every single night at his house for the past week. Her, the offices are presumably in Century City. Right. Right. D and D doesn't it look like it might be Century City? It might. Which yeah. is obviously closer to West Hollywood than Malibu, which is way fucking far out I there. I would honestly sometimes just going back to when Billy would bring his cab over there, it almost even looked like it could be like downtown ish. It might be downtown. Because, which is even further. Oh my god. Yeah. But but still a 
a, a reasonable commute from West Hollywood to downtown. Yeah. Very reasonable. It's fine, yeah. Um, even though it might be annoying. But she's like, I'll stay tomorrow night, I promise. And then we see them have this passionate kiss goodnight with like the sexy guitar music. <laughs> <laughs> Just like... <laughs> Jake returns home that same night to find Matt all fucked up. And he is like, oh my God, who did this to you? Jake is like, honestly, the only good friend in that building. Besides Matt. <laughs> well, besides Matt. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, Jake, I love Jake and I felt so bad for Matt because he is, he looks a mess. They, he's really beaten up. He's bleeding from his lip. Like, uh, and he's just He's like walking as if he got really beat up. Like he's hunched over. They kicked him in the ribs. Yeah, he's fucked up. He got super fucked up. And Jake wants to take Matt to the hospital. And this is really sad because Matt like doesn't want to go. He's like, he's trying to play it down. Like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Right. He's clearly fucked up. Jake's like, fuck that. We're going. So they go anyway. This scene is so weird when they're at the hospital because... Matt is sitting in a wheelchair in the hospital lobby as he's talking to the police. Right. Because this gets reported because he shows up in this state. And he already knows the police aren't like going to do much. They say they give him the card for the number of the hate crimes division yeah. if he thinks of anything else. And Jake is furious that they might not be able to find the guys. He's like, He's like, what do you mean? And then the cop's like, right now, the best thing you can do is take care of your boyfriend. And Jake goes, he's not my boyfriend. I know. I was kind of like, well, you don't have to like clarify that right now. <laughs> Jake, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like in a way that he's embarrassed. He, he was just in the moment. Like, yeah. It was but just, it was really funny that he clarified. <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny to me. It was. Now, the weird thing about this scene is that... They just get up and leave, and I don't think Matt's been patched up yet. I don't know what's happened. Why at this did he hospital. go to the hospital? <laughs> well, first of all, I mean, Matt did seem beat up, but not necessarily uh, broken boned or, or anything like that. So it is funny that they're. I was like, this is how you know it's like they're not even thinking about health insurance because <laughs> they're like immediately let's go to the hospital, right? And they're going to get this thousand dollar bill for Jack shit, right? Right, like, right, right. But like. Yeah, I don't know. The whole thing is kind of weird because Matt would not be allowed to just leave like no. that. Usually in these TV shows, you see the cops interviewing the person from their hospital bed. Yes, and then you have to do this whole rigmarole to leave, like get in the wheelchair, si- like you sign out, and then they have to like take you out in the wheelchair even if you're fine to walk. It's just like this procedure they do. But he still was wearing his like flannel shirt that had a rip in the arm and yeah. like he looked all fucked up. I, I just was like, why did they even go there? He could have just called the cops and had them come to the building. Right. I mean, I don't know. I didn't think that he was being treated there. It was just bizarre to me that they they wanted to just have a scene in the hospital. <laughs> Why didn't they at least just put him in a bed? And like, it's very weird. Okay. They were cutting corners. They for were sure. really cutting corners with this part. But Jake is furious. Jake is furious and he wants to take baseball bats. He's like, we got to get some bats. <laughs> like Ray Donovan. <laughs> Jake's a good friend to have in a situation like this. Unlike. Billy and Matt, though, I would be like, yeah, let's get some bats. <laughs> Jake, please get some bats. Let's take these people down. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like Matt should have been like happy. Let's get some bats. Right. 
I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not doing it, but you go to town, Jake. That's hot. But Matt, of course, is very no, no, no. Two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah. Uh, he, Matt- want, he just wants to do the right thing. And we see Matt the next morning having breakfast with Billy and Rhonda. Of course, Rhonda's doing all the cooking. Billy's not helping cook. He's just there to be irritating over breakfast. And this... To me, one of the saddest lines in this scene, because we, we've talked about how Matt gets no storylines, and he says about the breakfast, the guy's got to get beat up to get breakfast around here. Oh. And I was like, and to have a storyline. <laughs> poor yeah, Matt. Like. Poor Matt. This is how he gets a storyline. So Billy, of course, is trying to relate what happened to him a few episodes back with getting robbed, equating it to what happened with Matt. And he's like, well, yeah, it's just, it's violence. That's, it's just about the people are violent. And Matt, and I love that Matt like put him in his place. He's like, no, Billy, you were robbed. I was beat up because I'm gay. It's very different. Yeah. And um, Billy's like, okay. And Matt at this point, like we said, is just trying to be realistic. He doesn't believe that the police are ever going to find these guys. And he still goes to work that day. So... At D&D, Billy drops off the files that Allison left at at home for her. At this point, we learn that Allison did not go home last night. She stayed at Keith's, even though she said she had to go home to get her work stuff. Yeah. So now Billy has to pick up the slack and bring all this shit to work for her. And Allison is like, oh my God, Billy, you only brought me one file. I said, files... Yeah. And he's like, why don't you have Keith fetch it? She's out of control. It's not Billy's job to bring this. She's really out of control. She's even wearing the same outfit uh, from the night or that she wore all day yesterday. It probably smells so bad. She was in shooters in that outfit too. Also at the beach. So you have that kind of salty salt. smell. It smells like salt, shooters, come, come, badussy. Ooh. And now D&D. Yeah. It's disgusting. Lucy has had it with Allison. She's yeah. fucking had it. She's like, when she finds out that Allison only has one of the files, she's like, keep this up and you better start looking for another job. <laughs> and then Lucy, of course, has, has such a soft spot for Allison. She's like, he must be really great, isn't he? And she's like, he's married. <laughs> I mean, Lucy is so patient with Allison because Allison's behavior is is like not acceptable in my opinion. Like you could have one fuck up, but Allison has had multiple fuck ups since meeting Keith. Yes. Uh, and I love when, when Allison tells her that Keith is married, Luce, the way Lucy says what, she's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's so dramatic. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. <laughs> what? <laughs> she really did say She's it like, like that. such a funny character to me because she's very two-dimensional. Yeah. And she's kind of just there to kind of point out Allison's flaws and to be like, I did that too. I fucked a married man. <laughs> like, right, right, uh, right. So it's just like this sort of future Allison like it's like Allison is like this is my path or is it my path? Am I going to end up like Lucy? And sometimes that's a good thing, and sometimes it's a bad thing. Right. Okay. Let's take a quick break. He- break here. We'll be right back. Hold up. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Now we're at the halfway house where Matt works and he's leading group. And just in case we weren't clear that Matt is like, the cool group leader, he's sitting backwards in this chair. He's like straddling it. I like when he said, today is the subject's anger essay. Yeah, what? <laughs> I don't know why I laughed. Matt. He's like so down. Yeah, yeah. Matt's like really just like, tr- I mean, the kids do love him. They do. They do. But that, I was like, excuse me, Matt. Um, the kids all notice he's beat up. And while Matt is leading this group, we can see his boss in the background just sort of lurking. Yes. Like kind of shadowing this group. And he has an incredible exchange with one of the kids who is antagonizing this other kid, Amato. And he's like, go talk to your mom. She the hoe. (laughs) It was funny to hear hoe dropped. (laughs) That must have been like... (laughs) It was really funny. So this kid, Amato, is like stewing... And Matt is like, you need to talk about it. Talk about it, Amato. Talk. Matt really pushes him. He pushes him to talk about his feelings. And Amato blows up and throws a chair. And he's like, I hate everybody. And then he immediately starts crying and Matt hugs him. And then we, we pan over to his boss who's been watching this whole time and he nods in approval. Yeah, I was kind of like, why are we seeing him nod in approval? <laughs> Because <laughs> it was very uh, silent film, right? Yeah, it's like we needed this scene to sort of display that Matt is a very valuable asset. Yeah, and the boss likes him and likes what he did in this group. Yes. Right, yeah. Rhonda comes home and Sandy is there and we learn that Sandy got a call from Forever and Tomorrow and they want her to read for a part that they wrote just for her in New York. Now, did they get a new ugly sofa? I didn't even notice. Because it was horrible. What it looked like. It was like teal, yellow, and maybe pink or purple. And it was all graphic, um, geographic like shapes. Geometric shapes. I'm sorry, geometric shapes (laughs) all over the the sofa. That makes sense. It looked like Jane's bedspread had been used to upholster a couch. (laughs) I bet they got it at Billy's parents' furniture shop. (laughs) Campbell and Sons. Campbell and Sons. (laughs) And... Rhonda is freaking out because, quote, that's the show that launched Kim St. Amour. <gasps> and she, her character has a name, Dr. Aviva Lester. Right. I love the idea that he saw her in Shooters and immediately wrote a part for her. Like, it, I, I could buy that he's like, come in and audition or screen test and we'll see what we can 
maybe we have something for uh, you. But they don't even know she's an actress yet. Or if she's good. Yeah, they don't even know. she. They know she's a waiter, so maybe he just made the leap. But like, but she's not even a good actress. No. So they start talking about this soap. And as they're talking about the various ridiculous plot lines on the soap, I was thinking to myself, I bet whoever wrote this scene was like, this is how Melrose Place should be in the future. I know, because I was like, I want to watch that show. That show looks <laughs> great. Sandy, of course, is very excited. Back at the halfway house, Detective Marty Gold from the hate crimes unit shows up to talk to Matt about the case. And by the way, this conversation is literally four sentences. They just wanted to get the guy into the halfway house. Right. No new information is revealed. No, because the guy's literally like, so was it a hate crime? Okay, yeah. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for meeting with me. That's right. all I got. That's all I needed to know. You confirming it was a hate crime. <laughs> like, so he talks to Matt, and Matt is like, he blankly says, he's just like, yeah, they beat me up because I'm gay. And we see the boss lurking in the corner again. And he's watching this conversation go down between Matt and the detective. He's not shaking his head in approval. He's not, he's not nodding in approval this time, but we do see him listening in on this conversation. And he hears Matt say, they beat me up because I'm gay. So, and then the, 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 I forgot that the detective or whatever, he ends the conversation by saying good stuff. Right. (laughs) Love that hate crime. (laughs) Yeah, what, what what sounded good to you? It's like, did they improv this scene? Because it's crazy. I think they did. Um, Allison returns home after work, and Billy is eating over the trash can. This is what I don't get about this storyline with Billy. In this whole episode, Billy's acting like Allison is in charge of feeding him. Yeah. That is, it's like, since you've been gone, I literally live on frosting in a can. Like, he doesn't know how to feed himself, which honestly, I believe... But, but was still, she feeding him before? No, the only time she ever fed him was the tuna noodle casserole. Right. I, I they don't know what to do with Billy if he's not with Allison, I think. <laughs> he's like a he's like a malfunctioned robot yeah, or he's something. Like, I just am here eating canned food. Like whatever like he'll starve to death when the groceries run out. <laughs> Whatever's there, right. he's eating. Uh he's really irritated that she didn't come home for work. And she apologizes to him for her behavior at the office this morning. And he's like, well, why don't we watch Rosemary's Baby and get scared together? And she's like, I can't. I'm just here to grab my clothes. I'm going back to Keith's house. Now, when Allison grabbed her clothes, did you notice all the ballerina decor? So she has stuffed animals and ballerina decor. There was the shelf with one doll with its leg off the shelf. Then she had um, three ballerina um, items of decor on her wall, like two kind of ceramic cutouts, two, two ballerinas. And then it was like a painting or a poster of a ballerina. I I just hadn't noticed those before. And that makes sense for Allison. I also bet she was a Madame Alexander girl. Oh, totally. Like I bet she like every Christmas she got a new Madame Alexander doll. Yeah. So Billy's like, whatever. And then they get into this little spat where he's like, if he's lying to you or if he's lying to his wife, he could be lying to you. And then this is, and he's like, you used to have real morals, Allison. And she is fucking furious and she accuses him. She's like, you don't want to see me happy, Billy. Yeah. It's like, Allison can't believe that people might have legitimate fears of her dating a married man. No. She, <laughs> like, she just thinks everyone in the complex is a bunch yeah. of haters and losers. Yeah. 
So she leaves, and on the way out, she sees Sandy and Rhonda, and Rhonda's like, don't you want to say goodbye to Sandy? Amy Locaine's leaving. I mean, Sandy's leaving. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Really, the the subtext of this scene was that, uh, hey, everyone, this is is Amy Locaine's last episode. Yeah. Everyone say goodbye. And Allison's just like, whatever. She's like, the audience. She's like, we we have a better storyline now. Allison and Keith are making dinner. Allison's chopping up an insane amount of vegetables. Also, the way she cuts mushrooms is crazy. Yeah. Because it is like, (laughs) I don't know, the way she, it's like your fingers are in the way. Like, what are you fucking doing? And... Keith's tomato sauce is to the rim yeah. of a pot that's way too small for it, clearly. And it's just bubbling the whole time while Allison pathetically cuts mushrooms. Like, she's never done this before. Like, uh, I was so concerned about that tomato sauce this whole scene because I, I immediately am like, that's going to get everywhere. Well, because that's the worst type of spill. Because you could be doing it properly and it'll bubble and pop and leave those little red splotches everywhere. <laughs> like, it's just like... Well, those red splotches, they'll, they'll end up on your stove forever. Yeah. Because you can't get them all. This was a small sauce pot and it was to the rim. Like, it, was it was way too small. I was so stressed watching it. It was kind of like, oh, you're cooking at an Airbnb and they only have like this teeny... Yes, this exactly. Teeny, you're, making you're making do. You're making do. No. Um, plus I don't think Keith is a good cook, but I think he thinks he's a good cook. Well, cause it's like, they're making that, um, Newman's saccharoni sauce, <laughs> but like, what? Oh, you don't know. There's like a Paul Newman spaghetti sauce called like saccharoni and it's, saccharoni? it's like marinara with sliced mushrooms and bell pepper in it. Uh, that's just the name of their sauce, oh but it, it, it looked like they were making like the homemade version of right. that sauce. That's so funny. Um, then Keith says something which is always a big red flag to me. He says, well, it's just me and you against the world. Oh, yeah. Because then that's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to isolate you from all your friends. Right. Anyone who's against us is, is wrong. Like, is on the outs. Like, yeah. Yeah, they're it's wrong. It's very culty, too. Yeah. And she's like, and he compares them to Romeo and Juliet. And Allison's like, well, we all know how that ended. Um, Allison is concerned and she wants to know what Keith's definition of dead means and by dead she means she's referring to how Keith said his marriage was effectively dead what's the definition of dead that's such a funny question (laughs) and he doesn't answer her right away and she goes oh god and he's like don't you trust me and she starts crying and she's like you're married and she goes maybe I'm an idiot for even being here yeah and he says I love you Allison but then the phone rings, and of course it's his wife calling. Just gives her, her the answer she needed. And then he says the worst thing possible to her. I got to take this in the bedroom. <laughs> so he's hiding something. And then we go out on a 25-second shot of the sauce. Dude, Bubbling. Why? <laughs> was that like an artistic choice of like their relationships boiling over? Yeah, it's like a metaphor. Just like the sauce. <laughs> we know you guys noticed it earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like they did that just for me, like they were trolling me. But they do have a lot of weird transition shots sometimes. Yes. Where it's lingering on something very odd for a while. Dude, that sauce was so thick and so... It looked like it was getting burnt on the edges. 
I bet you the bottom of that pot, it's like you have the sauce and then when you go to clean it, it's completely burnt. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, where it's like- You the, didn't even realize? It's like half of the sauce is the consistency of tomato paste. Yes. Because you, you so soiled reduced. it too long. Yeah. Back at the complex, Allison gets ready for work. She's wearing an insane purple outfit. This <laughs> top she was wearing, God, even when she tries to dress snazzy, it just doesn't work. No. This uh, is like the Prince for, for Kmart collection <laughs> or something. Yeah. It's just not cute. And Billy is like just trying to be a friend to her because he sees she's really torn up about this. And Allison explains to him that she just feels like her emotions are out of control. And she's not used to that. He's like, I wish there was something I could do to help. Yeah. Billy waffles between like caring friend and just someone dunking on her nonstop. Right. Yeah. At Matt's apartment, Jake comes over and Matt tells Jake that the detective came by the halfway house and that he's happy that someone seems to give a damn. And Jake's like, yeah, well, I still think we should beat them up. Jake knows. (laughs) Rhonda emerges from her apartment and starts screaming, Sandy got the part! Sandy got the part! And then we have this little scene with everyone gathered around, and she says, Sandy's made it. She's gone. I like that. I like that she, the way she frames it as if they're like um, escaping from um, a, a mad killer. Right. She's made it. She's gone. <laughs> she left us here to toil. She left us here before the reign of Amanda and Kimberly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Billy then drives to Malibu to confront Keith. Ugh. He just goes... This is what's so funny about this to me. That's why I'm saying when they're just always driving, like you don't just drive to Malibu. That's something you plan like weeks in advance. Yeah, 100%. And also when Billy was getting on Allison's case about bringing over the files, which was annoying and shouldn't have been his responsibility, but he he tells her as he's leaving, I got to work. No, you don't, Billy. You don't have a job. He doesn't pick up fares anymore. I don't ever see him pick up someone anymore. We haven't seen him work in weeks. And... Just the fact that he is able to drive down in the middle of the week to Malibu. Also, isn't it in his cab? Like, are you even allowed to do that? Like, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Like, it's not his car. No, but he's driving to Malibu in his cab um, to go stalk Keith and confront him. And he just walks right on up to Keith's porch. Yeah. Where Keith is looking at some slides and he says, are you Keith Gray? I'm Billy Campbell. I'm Allison's roommate. And then he says to Keith, which I laughed out loud, he said, must be nice hanging out on your porch, checking out slides and cheating on your wife. (laughs) (laughs) Checking out slides as if that's a fun activity. It wasn't like he was just like having his, must be nice sitting on your porch, having your morning coffee. Checking out slides as if it's like, what a fun thing. Checking out slides. This is like the second time, at least the second time that Billy has had like such an expert dunk on somebody. It's so, but it's like expert, but also completely weird. Stupid, but also stupid. Um, And then of course, Keith starts getting in his face and he's like, it's none of your business. This is my between me and Allison. You don't know what you're talking about. This is how you know Keith's a bad guy. Because any other normal person would be like, "Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. It's like seems this is wrong. fucking wrong. Like it does. I I hate that it's happening this way. Like 
They're like so defensive from the get-go. It's just weird. Yeah, he sucks. And so then <laughs> Billy inadvertently humiliates Allison. <laughs> I was like, Billy, no, this is so bad. If I found out somebody said this to a guy I was like in a complicated relationship with, I would be mortified and I would kill them. Yeah. Billy then says to Keith, well, you're, <laughs> well, well, you're not the one who who has to overhear Allison stuff a pillow in her mouth when she's crying every night. She thinks you can't hear her, but you can. <laughs> the pillow. Just thinking of her stifling her cries into a pillow is so sad. Holding a teddy bear. Yeah, Billy, it's like, Billy, okay, you've gone too far. Yeah, that the slide thing was funny. <laughs> yeah, you could have stopped at the slides. And Keith says, you're just jealous, pal. And then he's, Billy says, I just care about her, pal. Yeah. They pal. have a pal off. They have a pal off. And Billy also says, I'm her best friend. <laughs> it's like, are you? At the halfway house, Matt is called into the boss's office. And the boss, Matt immediately knows something's up. Yeah, he's, like, he's nervous. He's like, just tell me what's going on. And the boss is like, I really don't like the way you encouraged Amato to throw a chair against the wall. And Matt's like, what are you talking about? Like, I really got through to him. And then he says, I just think you foster too much self-expression, Matt. AKA gay. (laughs) AKA you're too gay. And then he says the other dog whistle line, uh, family values. Yes. He brings up that Matt doesn't represent family values. And then he just fires Matt. It's not working, Matt. Yeah. It's not working out. At D&D, Keith stops by. Oof. And he invites Allison to lunch. Okay, that's what I want to know. He drove all the way to Malibu <laughs> to just pop by work. It's yeah. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it is so crazy. And he's like, I hated the way we left things last night. And she's like, I can't go to lunch, Keith. I have to work. I'm on thin ice already. And she doesn't want to come over either. Yeah. She's like, I got to focus on my work. And then... She also says she needs to think, and then she starts crying and telling him to leave. And while she's like having a mini meltdown at the desk, Lucy pops by, and we see her see Keith and like understand that this, yeah. this is the guy, and we see her like kind of side eye him. And Keith is like, I'm gonna work this out, Allison, I promise. So inappropriate. That night, Rhonda sits down by Matt at the pool, and he tells her about the hate crimes unit, and and then he also says... This part made me really sad. Yeah. This whole scene was like... It was very sad. And then he's, he tells her about all the kids at the halfway house, how they were so supportive of him. He's like, they all want to pr- like uh, put together a neighborhood watch and patrol the streets and make sure you know gay people don't get beat up right. or whatever. And he's like, my faith was restored. Yeah, he said my faith in humanity was restored until his boss called him into his office. Yeah. And then he just says, Rhonda, he fired me because I'm gay. The next day, Matt is still out at the pool because he's out of a job. Yeah, he's unemployed. And Jake is working on his motorcycle because they got to give him some business to do. And Matt is sad and he's like, the thing he's the most sad about is that he never got to say goodbye to these kids. Right. That he's had a relationship with. And Jake is like, so do something about it. 
<laughs> we still don't quite know what Jake does with his time. Because I guess, does he still work at that shop? We haven't heard anything <laughs> no. about the shop. He's no. just kind of working on motorcycles and trying to organize uh, fight clubs to beat up these guys. Right. Because we see other people's jobs regularly. Yeah. Uh, except for him. And Jake is like, why don't you sue him for discrimination? And Matt is like, he's unsure about yes. this. He's unsure about this. We get a scene with Lucy and Allison out to like a very classic, fancy Beverly Hills lunch spot. Right, out in the garden area. These were very big. Yes. I mean, they probably are still big in Beverly Hills. I think so. But like these kind of like garden lunches with like a fountain. Yeah. And like um, a grilled salmon. It looks like a hotel almost. Yeah. Type place. They're having a power lunch, and Lucy orders grilled tuna for lunch, and she specifies to the waiter, no oil. (laughs) 90s is very low-fat. She's going fat-free. Allison is like, you really should fire me, Lucy. And Lucy's (laughs) like, I should, but I like you. And she then, like, gives her a like a heart-to-heart talk about her relationship with Keith. She's like, don't do this. It never works out being yeah. the other woman. And then she tells Allison this very sad story about this guy that she was in a relationship called Dan. And she's like, I was dating a married guy for five years. And he always said, we're going to get divorced. We're going to get divorced. But he never did. And for five years, I slept in my $200 nighty, just waiting for Dan to pop by. Yeah. And he never got divorced. And she said, don't waste five years of your life like I did, Allison. Right. At Shooter's... We have a watch party for Sandy's show. Yeah. So I guess they're all there at, what, 11.30 a.m.? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, they're acting like this is a nighttime soap. Um, We see... Which we know it's not, because you would never film something and then it would air at, like, the next day. Daytime soaps do that. Yes. Yeah. So... They're, but whatever. They're watching. They're going to watch Sandy's big scene. We also get a brief scene where Matt tells Jake that he's, he is going to sue them. He's going to sue his com- the halfway right. house. And Jake says, sue their asses. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, they watch the scene of Sandy and everyone claps. It's terrible. She's, she's being unveiled. The bandages are <laughs> like when they do the slow roll around yeah. the head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a very classic soap. Uh, scene. Right. And she also has amnesia. Right. It's yeah. a classic soap soap moment. And that's the last we see of her. That's it. Yeah. Billy comes home and Allison is there and she tells him that she's breaking up with Keith. And Billy then tells Allison, well, I actually went to talk to Keith today. And in a shocking turn of events, Allison thinks that's funny. Yeah. Doesn't this seem like this would be the kind of thing where Allison would be furious at him. Right. Like, stay out of it, Billy. I'm taking care of it. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, Billy, you humiliated no, me. No, I th- I was shocked, too, because she's like, you care. <laughs> and she's, she, like, thinks it's funny and sweet that he did that. She says, you really care about me, don't you? And she's like, well, I better go leave to go break up with him. Save me some frosting. <laughs> <laughs> so she drives all the way back to Malibu. I just can't with this drive. (laughs) It's stressing me out so much. At Keith's house, she arrives to see that he's put like 
fucking what's that stuff called bruschetta he's put like a little <laughs> he's, he's put some, some hors-, hors d'oeuvres out hors d'oeuvres Those, champagne he's some grapes it's like that must be the worst thing to show up to when you want to dump someone it's food <laughs> that they've made hors d'oeuvres it's like well let's have something before we yeah before the conversation I, before i drop the news i'm famished from this drive it's sunset and he's pouring champagne and he's like i'm leaving my wife allison i called lily and she knows and he's just pouring it on thick with her. And then he's like, you're the only woman I've ever loved. And ever will. And ever will love. <laughs> that is insane to me. First of all, you didn't love your wife? <laughs> like, you married her. At that point, I would be so freaked out if somebody said that. Like, they're in this, like, 15-year relationship with someone. And they're like, oh, and I was never in love with her. That's like a red flag, also- right? It's not something that would make me feel good. I'm just not the type of person. It's like a woman who would find comfort in that is very immature, I think. Like they need to know you never loved anyone else or something. Like, Yeah, and the fact that he thinks that she is that type of woman is not good. Yeah, because he knows he can use that to manipulate her. Right. So this episode kind of ends on a cliffhanger. It, it, we get our first cliffhanger. Yeah. This is our first cliffhanger. Will she, won't she? Will she, won't she? It ends on Allison's like... Pained face. Where we know she won't. This was the worst cliffhanger of all time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're gonna end there. We'll be back soon for episode 14. Yes. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.